Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the show. My name is Shane Larson. Excited to be here with you. Um, I'm interviewing a quarterback, a college quarterback right now, who I actually spoke to back when he was in high school. Um, and that was for a different show that I was doing, but it was also for the same company that's uh, you know the sponsor of today's episode, which is Nation's Best Football. Shout out to Nation's Best. Make sure to go follow them on Instagram. They're helping provide so much exposure for you know the youth, high school, college, and professional football players all around the country. So make sure to follow Nation's Best. But this episode is special because we get to talk to this guy who I spoke to when he was in high school, and now it's 2023, and he's been playing college football for a few years now and has so much more insight to provide in regards to you know the ins and outs of college football which you can expect the leadership uh skill sets that he's acquired some of the players he's played alongside and the lessons that he's learned from them um and how to be a leader how to face adversity how to go through that he also talks about his family and the uh, support system that he has which will be a good reminder for any of us uh parents that have athletes, you know, that are, you know, kids that are athletes and we want to support them because his parents have been a massive influence for him and a good example for him. And uh, yeah, this is going to be a really insightful one. So if you're an athlete, if you're a parent, if you're a coach, please take some notes, get ready for this one. This is the Game Time Guru. So what time is it? Game Time Boost. This is the Game Time Guru podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's up, everyone? Welcome out to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. My name is Shane Larson, host of the show. We are into year number eight. We finished seven years of this show, established 2017. And we are continuing on as we interview sports figures on a weekly basis, get to learn from them and uh, just hear their stories. Um, I believe there's a lot of power in storytelling. I, I believe a lot of people can learn from other people's stories and their journeys and everything. And that's the whole reason I put out this platform seven, eight years ago, whatever it is, 2017. So almost eight years total. Um, so here we are. Uh, here's a special moment for me. I get to be on our guest, um, who I actually spoke to on a, it was a different podcast that I was running, but it was for the same uh, guy that I'm <clears throat> partnered with for Nation's Best Football. And man, it's weird to see a couple years later we're into the college football scene, and you've had quite the experience in the last couple of years. Uh, a quarterback here, his name's CJ Montez, yes, and we're gonna get to learn from him. So CJ, thanks for joining the show, brother. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So let's dissect a few things real quick. So tell the listeners, you know, a little bit about your high school experience, where you where you went to high school at, what that was like for you before we even get into the college discussion. Where where were you at high school? And, um, you know, what was your or sorry, high school experience like? I finished I ended up finishing high school at Pericle, which is in Lancaster in California. But I bounced around a couple of high schools just because, uh, you know, back and forth between parents and whatnot. But um i was like a, a challenge for me just going to different high schools and trying to learn different playbooks but i feel like it helped me out in the end just because you know learning different playbooks and getting a short amount of time to learn them uh helped me i feel like just excel in football um but yeah i finished out at pericle high school with Dean harrington one of the best california coaches if you ask about him in california most everybody knows him so uh, it was just a great experience in different high schools and finishing that Barracleet. Man, that's uh, that's an interesting point that I'm, I'm glad I shared that because 
I want to ask you, you kind of alluded to it already, you know, learning a new playbook, learning a new system, you know, change of scenery. For a lot of athletes that can be scary learning a new right. system uh, because you're comfortable in one system and then you go to another. Um, do you have any advice, CJ, on maybe like if you're learning a new playbook and you're learning a new system, getting used to the new personalities and leadership, you know, how to best go about that? I really just say spending time with your coach and the guys that have already been there long enough to where they know it like the back of their hand, you want to get with them because you can only so much from trying to do it yourself. But just uh, going out there and experiencing it for yourself, going through the plays live uh, at practice on the board, looking at them on your binder, uh, just really spending time and looking at it and going over it with your guys. Totally, totally appreciate that. And from the recruiting side of things, I want to know from your perspective on the recruiting side of things, obviously there's been a change of scenery in the college game too, but I want to know as you were getting done with your high school and you're trying to figure out where your, what your next steps were for college, what was the re recruiting process like for you and what advice would you give to the athletes that are in that same position, trying to figure out what school they want to go to, uh, trying to find mm -hmm. a fit that's going to be good for them. My recruiting process was a little different due to COVID. So I didn't, I actually didn't get a senior season. So there was basically, they based my film off uh, pretty much my junior year and then my years before that. But really, um, I would just say go to a college that wants you, you know, a lot of, you may want to go to a lot of college, but that that specific college may not want you. Um, really the college that reached the most and really wants you for you, that's number one. I would say number two is go to a college you can enjoy outside of football. Because football is only a couple months. And then outside of that is just school and still you still have practice and lift and whatnot but still you still want to enjoy yourself enjoy the around you outside of football because that makes it a lot easier than being somewhere you don't want to be and you're just there for football so that would really be my advice that's that's huge and i appreciate that too so could you let the listeners know like where you initially went right out of high school so they kind of see you know the path that you took cj um as we get to kind of where you're at right now i had originally committed in at the UT New Mexico in Albuquerque and then did my two years there and then I hopped in the transfer portal and now I'm at Fordham University in, in uh, New York, the Bronx. A lot of people get that confused with Florida, but it's Fordham in New York. <laughs> so, so, okay, so you spent some time over here in the West. You're in the California area for high school. You go to New Mexico, but now you're in New York. Um, mm -hmm. So I want to know about the cultural differences from like maybe New, New Mexico over to New York. Was there any kind of a transition there, not just from a football standpoint, but from like just like a different way of living? I'll say, well, first of all, I never pictured myself ending up on the East Coast. But um, culture, culture wise, it's nothing too crazy. You know, you just your simple bacon, egg and cheese from the delis and <laughs> listen to people talk how they talk on the East Coast. But Right now, it's, no, it's nothing crazy. I enjoy it out here. It's a great scenery from being from the West Coast and coming out here and experiencing new things in new places, really. So, no, that's awesome, man. It's awesome. You know, obviously, it didn't work out for you at the first school, as far mm -hmm. as like it didn't work out for you in the sense of like, where you wanted to necessarily like continue on with your career. So, that's why you know you hit the transport and you do your thing. But I would like to ask you, CJ, is there something that you could share with us that you did learn that you took away from your from your experience at New Mexico the first you know, go around um, before you hit the transfer portal and went out to Fordham? Like what's uh, maybe something that you took away from there that was a positive? My positive from New Mexico is really always stay ready because you never know. It's, they always say, oh, one play. All it takes is one play, and truly what it came to, 
Um, quarterbacks are getting hurt back to back at New Mexico. And before you know, it, it's my time to go out there and play on the field. So really, I would just tell everybody who's watching and who's going to watch this is always stay ready because you never know. And my dad always told me, prepare like you're the starter for that reason, because you never know. And if you ask anybody, they know I always prepare like I'm the starter. I practice like I'm second, even if I am the starter, because you never know who's coming for your spot. And all it takes is one play and you could be out there on that field. So that's really my oh, positive. Man. I like that. I appreciate you sharing that, too. So your experience over at Fordham, talk about the difference, you know, in the game. If, is there a difference in the speed of the game or anything of that nature? And how has the overall experience been for you, you know, since landing out there in New York? Um, I really think it's the same. I don't think there's a big difference from FBS to FCS level at all. And we still come out here you're still playing against guys that, you know, who are good at football. You know, it, there's no like, oh, we're junior B guys. No, it's everybody's good. They're still in college. It's still D1. Um, Difference-wise, I would maybe say O-line, D-line. But then again, it's still like they're still big guys and they protect me and do all they do. So I don't really think there's a huge difference. No, that's, that's cool to hear it from someone like yourself because, you know, the the quarterback that we all keep hearing about is you know Dion's boy, and he was talking mm -hmm. about the FCS compared to the you know FBS level, and you know not a big difference in regards like it's it's kind of similar. There's a lot of athletes out on the field either way. I mean, there might be a few right. more athletes at the FBS level, but it's like <clears throat> not everyone's going to go to the league. You know what I mean? And exactly. something similar that it's like they're all good uh, good athletes, uh, but right. they're not all going to go to the NFL. So it's kind of similar in that regard. So I'm glad you said that. Now, walk us through a day in the life of an athlete like yourself, CJ. Like, what, what is a typical day during season and during school? Like, I mean, I want to let the younger athletes know that are in high school, like, they can expect to be, you know, going on in, as, as a collegiate athlete. All right. So I'll walk you through a regular Tuesday. We have 6 a.m. lift. So you got to be there probably 30 or even earlier if you want to get a meal in, weigh in, lift for an hour, take a shower. We got to go to breakfast check. Make sure everybody eats breakfast because maintaining weight is a big thing during the season. Uh, then I usually have about two classes that my last are in around 1245. Uh, I usually eat lunch before practice or before our meetings, which start up around uh, like 215. Go there. We meet. We go over what we're going to practice or what the game plan is for that week and who we're playing. We practice from three to five. And then I usually have a night class after that. So that's just a normal Tuesday. And that night class will end about 9.15 and then go to sleep after that because there's no hanging out after that. No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So you did mention that. That's actually really good to know. And I'm glad you said that because I want to reiterate. So if you're a, a, an athlete listening to this podcast right now or you're watching the podcast, wherever, if it's on YouTube, if you're listening to it on the audio side, uh, take note of what CJ just said there. Like, just understand that a, a day is going to be pretty busy for you um, in different ways. Mm -hmm. You're going to have school. You're going to have you're going to have your sport. You're going to have school. You're going to have your sport. You're going to have school, and then you're going to have to go to bed. Uh, and you're going to have to prioritize time for your homework. Like, th there's not a lot of time. Shouldn't be like you got to prioritize your time better, right? Like, just make sure that you're doing mm -hmm. the right things and 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 being there and being focused. Um, yep. And that's hard to do is to stay like locked in all day every day to try to do your thing. But I would like to ask you then, CJ. How do you stay out of trouble? Because you did mention, you know, you want to go somewhere that's fun outside of just football too. Like there's things to do and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But how do you make sure that you you have fun? You enjoy yourself as a college student uh, and a right. college kid, you know. But 
staying out of trouble so that you're still eligible to compete at your sport. You know what I mean? Right. Um, staying out of trouble is honestly not too hard. You know, if you're looking to find trouble, you will find it, especially out here in the Bronx. But if you're around with your guy, usually if we go out or do anything, we're always with teammates. There's no, you're going out by yourself. There's, we don't do any of that. So usually if you're with teammates, we have, we all have each other's backs. We're going to look out for each other. So we wouldn't let anything happen. Even if somebody is trying to make a dumb decision, we're, we're on top of that. But being the quarterback is obviously I can't do any of that. So I usually stay on top of the guys, you know, it's like if it's looking a little, you know, unsure or any like weird feeling, I just tell them like, let's get out of here. Let's, let's go back home. So it's really not that hard to stay out of trouble. Oh, I, I like that you're a leader on and off the field, right? So that's good. You got to kind of sense that. Like, what's you just keep them out of trouble. And as the <laughs> yes, as a, the quarterback, you got you to gotta make the call. I do want to <laughs> know, like, uh, uh, I guess you probably couldn't say a play, um, but like you talked about playbooks in in high school and just learning those. Like, what was the difference? Was there a, was there a shift in in terminology and playbooks in college too, coming from like, New Mexico over to from and and like maybe you can't say a full play, but like, is there, was it the terminology? Was it different when you're coming over to this school? I would just say the terminology is different, but usually any West coast offense, they're all kind of the same, pretty much the same concepts. Maybe they might try to teach it different, but um, just terminology, getting to learn new names of the plays and how they recite it. And that's really it. Okay. That was it. Okay, cool. cool. So now, now I want to ask you about your leadership. Um, you know, your leadership skills. How do you feel that you matured as a quarterback? The quarterback is the guy I always talk to my basketball players that I coach. Like it's kind of like whoever's the leader, whether it's the point guard or whomever has to stay neutral as far as their emotion, like good, bad, and different. Like you've got to be able when the, the storm's hitting, you got to be able to, you know, weather that because your guys are going to follow, right. right? As a quarterback, you get in the huddle, they're going to look into your eyes, especially when the adversity's hitting. They're going to kind of see like they're looking to their leader. If they see that you're mm. kind of nervous in your eyes, they're too going to fall eventually so i right. want to ask you how do you how do you feel like you've matured as a quarterback in the last couple of years especially at the collegiate level right i would like to give big shout out to terry wilson and isaiah chavez and miles kendrick at who were at new mexico while i was there just older guys as i was younger and just watching them how they led whether it was vocal or um through example uh, just doing it they taught me a lot just being young just watching them um because now I feel like I could kind of know what to do as they were QB1 and I was watching. I know what and what not to do just for, through their experience. And really, I've always been a calm guy, never really like no anger issues, no nothing. So usually when I'm on the field and read this interception, which I only have one, and uh, bounce back from that real quick. But interception, incomplete pass, or play just didn't go my way. You know, I never. I never complain. I'm not yelling at anybody, not yelling at the receiver. I'm really just a real calm guy. If anything, I'm always uplifting guys, even if they drop the ball or anything. You know what? So that's really it. Just staying calm no matter the situation. Oh, that's awesome, man. You know, I uh, I read a book and I had this guy on my show a couple years back before he passed away. His name was David Moad. And uh, he, uh, sorry, Trevor Moad, not David. Trevor mm -hmm. was. Um, the mental consultant for uh, Russell Wilson. So he's the mental coach for Russell Wilson, the quarterback for now the Denver Broncos. But he was talking about, he, so Trevor always taught how to think neutrally. And it's huge for quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. I like, think neutrally, like always just, it's not always like a, 
it's being present. So it's not always like, you know, you throw an interception, it's acknowledging it for what it is. I threw a pick, uh, but it's not even looking to the next play necessarily. It's like, okay, I threw a pick. So now let's focus on this particular moment right now to get back. Like I got to figure out what I got to do this moment. You're not thinking too far in the future. You're not thinking in the past. You acknowledge the past, stay neutral, stay. And, and basically the reason for that is because like, you know, as an athlete, if you stay neutral, kind of like what you're saying, you don't get mad at people, you stay neutral. Mm. People follow that. It's like the, remember the Titans line where it's like attitude reflects leadership cap. So they're all going right. to follow the leadership. So it's cool to hear. And I hope others are taking note of this is the whole point of the podcast is let these athletes take note of what like people like yourself are telling them, like, what are you doing to help them? So um, talk to us about a memory, CJ, this last season. Is there a, is there a favorite memory that you had a favorite game uh, that you've had so far in, in your time over there, at least this last season that you could share? And what was it? I would just say beating Buffalo. That was our FBS game of the year. It was just a, a lot of adversity that we had to face as a team, and we got together. We did the job, got the job done. A big game for the offense, a big game for the defense. We just came together and we won. It was the first FBS win in a while, so it made history, and it was it was a wild night. Sir, that's cool, man. That's cool. Uh, is there a, a team you just mentioned a couple of people uh, that were influences to you as far as leadership is concerned? Is there any mentors like a coach that you could um, talk about, whether it was in high school at Mexico here, uh, a coach that stands out to you as far as a mentor or a leader that and what's something that they've taught you? I would really say my mentor wise, I would just go with my dad after every game, before every game, fall camp, anything I'm going through. Uh, he always reaches out to me, make sure I'm all right give me the talks that I need just to stay locked for camp and just tell me that I really need to get the job done. <laughs> he stays on top of me. You know, I, I love it. Uh, it's just, you know, what dad do. But uh, coaching, uh, Coach Conlon, the head coach up here, just a great coach, uh, great dad too. So just that, usually he says stuff about being a great dad. And I like that because football is not everything. At the end of the day, football will come to an end. So just being a great dad and listening to him and what he does with his kids, I think is great. Oh, that's super cool. Hey, shout out to your dad too. And, and, you know, your coach, I think that's really cool. I just, the memory uh, pop up on my social media yesterday from something that had happened almost a decade ago. Uh, and it was a memory with my dad for showing up for me when I needed it the most in my life when I was in my mid twenties. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, shout out to your dad, dude. Uh, dads and any mentor for that matter that show up for their kids in in various ways. Um, obviously, I think that's a missing part of society, the missing piece in society mm -hmm. today, uh, which is being shown more and more. If you look around, like, yeah, they're missing some leadership, especially like male figures in their lives. And so it's cool that your dad still does that. You know, it, yes, <laughs> he holds you accountable one, but they also be checking in on you to make sure everything's good, you know? Uh, do your parents yep. get to come over? Does your dad get to, to come out to New York at all? Or is that hard on opposite sides of the of the, the country? Uh, they show up to every game, every game. So it's really appreciated. You know, I had a coach come up to me. He's like, wow, your parents come to every game. And I'm like, yeah. And he just said, yes, it's real dedication to parents right there. Because I know it's hard to do, especially being from California to New York, while they work during the week as well. So it's just a lot of uh, dedication they put into me. And it shows me they how much love they have for me. So, yeah. Oh, dude. Shout out to whatever airline they're going on. Freaking flyer miles. Probably got some going on. Dude, that's dope. Awesome. Shout out to your, to your fan, man. That's super, super cool. So, CJ, um, you know, I just want to ask you, you're a collegiate athlete and, you know, 
recently within the last two, it's only been two and a half years since uh, name, image, and likeness has become a thing that the, you know, the collegiate athletes are able to leverage. I'm, I'm curious if you're um, able to, if, if you're doing anything currently for NIL for yourself, as far as branding or anything of that nature, and what your opinion is on NIL uh, being a current collegiate athlete during the time that that actually was, you know, I wouldn't hate using the word legalized. I guess the word would be just like, I got it, it's allowed now, I guess is what right, it is. So yeah. I'm on it all. Personally, I haven't had anything uh, money wise. You know, I've had uh, signs, they candy. Um, I had PSD send me their apparel for a little bit, but nothing uh, big money or any money at all as of that fact. But uh, my thoughts on NIL, I think it's cool. I think I do think it kind of messes with the NFL a little bit because, you know, you got the top players in collegiate football not wanting to go to the draft because they think they can get more money now. But, I mean, rather than that, I think it's a cool way for uh, college athletes to get their money and get their name out there and brand themselves. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I can only speak from my perspective as a 35-year-old now, like a former <laughs> athlete, but I'm old. But if I were uh, – like I'm telling you, man, if I'm in your position, I'm 100% starting a podcast or a YouTube channel, like, and I'm talking about my day-to-day -day experience as a collegiate athlete, man. I think I, as a consumer, as somebody who listens to sports media, I would love to hear mm -hmm. that, man. I'd love to hear CJ Montez and his podcast and like hear his day-to-day -day stuff of what's going on in the life of CJ. Like, I think it'd be so cool. And the fact that they allow that now is at least at least giving the opportunity. I think it's cool, right? I think it's, but I do think there's some downsides to it too. There's some things that you just mentioned right there uh, that people right. are like the general fan base isn't really looking at. Like there's some, mm. I'm, I'm a Buckeyes fan and um, you know, we've got Marvin Harrison jr. Potentially looking at coming back to Ohio state rather than going as a first you know, top pick in the NFL draft next year. It's just because right. of the amount of money that's being spoken about. Like he could potentially make mm. a lot of money. Now it's not for sure deal, but the fact that they can even talk about that as a collegiate athlete is wild to me. Um, it's crazy. So yeah, it's messed up a couple things. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I had to drink That's something. All, <laughs> all right. So uh, I do have a question for you. So what's the plans going into you know off season and, and moving forward? How much? How much? How, how much time you got left, CJ? That's what I'm trying to see. Like, what's the plans for CJ Montez in in the football realm? I still have two more years left. So any type of draft or pro day, that's way too far to even speak about but really i just want to i graduate next year so it'll be big for me and uh my family but just going to the off season get ready for spring ball develop more and just keep getting better at my craft and better for my guys oh, i love that i'm gonna be looking forward to, to seeing what you do i want to ask you as a quarterback um we got a lot of quarterbacks here locally in idaho they do a lot of training there's some specialized trainers but as far as like the weight room and skill set in the off season, mm -hmm. how important is the weight room for a quarterback? Uh, do you find that it's pretty, it's been helpful for you to build muscle in different areas or is it more the skills training that you need to know as far as technique? Um, what do you feel has been the most beneficial for you in your off season training over the last couple of years? I both. My dad's a trainer. So all the weight room stuff, he handles that. And then I go to my coach Anton Clarkson at home in California he works on my craft there. So I think just really they're both important. There's not – and especially for quarterbacks because you want to break the stereotype of, oh, quarterbacks don't lift, this and that. But you definitely want to break the stereotype, especially to your guys. Like if you're – if the guys see you lifting hard, they're going to lift hard just because, oh, that's the quarterback. He's He can't be lifting more than me. 
So you kind of just want to accomplish some things, especially in the weight room. No, I dig that. So, so with that being said, how much are you squatting benching right now, man? Ooh, we haven't maxed in a while, so I couldn't even tell you numbers right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel you. That's cool. No, that's cool. He's just trying to be humble. He doesn't want to tell it, so his offensive line doesn't say, "Do oh, my QBs." He's squatting me. But that's cool, dude. That's cool. So, going into the off season, um, I do want to ask you about um, in season you know, injury prevention and just trying to stay mobile. You mentioned put, you know, you have a lot of calories to keep maintaining weight during season. Um, but I want to talk to you about just like your recovery after games and after stuff. Like, do you guys have a, a process at your school or do you have a personal, like think having been around your dad and your other trainers back home, like, is there a way that you do recovery to help you continuously have injury prevention or at least, you know, the best that you possibly can try to recover as fast as you can? I'm always in contact with my dad and my doctors from home and then the trainers here as well. So whether it's cold tubs, uh, normal boot, or just uh, stretching. And then we usually do a light lift after the game on Sunday. So it's just everything combined and working with everybody that I know, keep contact with and the trainers here. I think that's pretty much how I stay injury free. Cool. Cool, man. That's awesome. So I would just say to the, all the listeners, but what you just got there from DJ on that one is, be informed like where, where your resources are at and be resourceful. Like if you've got a family or a friend, stay in contact with them to see what's best for recovery. But I do believe I'm a big believer in recovery. If you want to, mm-hmm. you know, be able to play at the top of your game, you know, be ready for practices and go all like, you got to be able to stay healthy. It's a big deal in, in athletics. Like you might be one of the best athletes, but if you can't stay healthy, you can't be on the field or the court or the, whatever it might be, then you're no good mm-hmm. to the team. You got to stay healthy so you can be out there and competing. Otherwise, a coach is going to be like, well, what good is that athlete? So right. you got to recover. Two questions left for you, CJ, that I've had on my mind as we wrap up the interview. Um, we talked about coaches and mentors. You've referenced other teammates, but who is your favorite? Well, this is going to be that's, – that's hard. Who is an influential <laughs> teammate that you've had, um, and what did they teach you? Like what was one of the most influential teammates that you've had in your career? That dates all the way back to the peewee leagues, man, and all the way up till now. It, it, it goes all the way back. So what, whatever, maybe that's this year. Maybe that's when you were 10. I don't know. But uh, who's someone who's been an influential teammate and what did they do to influence you? Um, I would just go to college at New Mexico my freshman year. Isaiah Chavez, quarterback, took me under his wing when I got there, whether it was me asking him to watch film or go over play. And, uh, you know, he just really taught me why, what I should be watching on film, how to watch it, uh, how to break down the, play, the playbook. Uh, really, he's just a great guy. I would have to say he's probably the most influential teammate that I had growing up in college. So that's my guy. Yeah, shout, out. shout out to him. Uh, I love that you mentioned film. Like that's a big deal. Like mm-hmm. if you're if you're a leader now, you can pass that on to the the quarterbacks coming up. Like share with them the like the, how to watch film. What are you watching for film? A lot of these athletes they hear about it in high school. They'll watch huddle mm-hmm. stuff. Like their coach will yeah. send them a bunch of huddle <laughs> clips and they'll watch them and. That's their film study, but like they really don't know what they're watching. Then they have a hard transition. I've talked to athletes all across the board, CJ. They get into college. They have no idea how to watch film. They don't even know what they're going for. That's a big struggle for them because the ones who do understand it start to pick it up a little bit better because they visualize things on the field and so forth. So I'm glad that you mentioned that and like something he passed on to you. Um, I also also think it's cool that you just said that because when I interviewed Jerry Stackhouse, who was a former NBA basketball player, um, Jerry told me something when I asked, I said, what do you do with like the younger guys that are coming for your position? Like you're a veteran in the league and guys get drafted and they're in your position. 
but how do you how do you give advice without like wanting you know how do you give that advice right. knowing that it's <laughs> your job he said i just have that confidence they're not they're not as good at what i do anyway they can't do what i can do anyway so why not give them all the advice and all the stuff because i'm still a competitor i'm still going to do better than them anyway and so i just think it's cool that you were sharing about the quarterback who shares that with you you can now share it with other people and um right. not be scared because competition's part of it and kind of just you have that confidence once you've built that up. I just that's something that came to my mind that uh, I don't think people should shy away from sharing right. the insights, the tips and tricks for these younger guys coming up, even if it's a guy in your position, because you should be good enough to where they can do what you can do anyway. All right. Exactly. So <laughs> the last question for you, CJ, as we get ready to wrap this one up, is just up until this point, I know you got two years of eligibility left. There's a lot of football left to be played, but up until this point, what is the biggest life lesson that uh, football taught you? Always battle through adversity, no matter what's going on. Uh, just keep going. That's really, that's really it. You know, I broke my hand at University of New Mexico, uh, but really, the one that got to me—not got to me, but really had me facing a tough adversity—was uh, my first collegiate start against Colorado State while I was at the University of New Mexico. <clears throat> you know, probably the worst game I ever played in my life. Worse than Pee Wee, worse than anything. But uh, you know, that next week, people asked me like. Are you okay? Like, how are you? You know, how are you still able to like fight through that and practice, come to practice normal? And it's really, like in the past, there's nothing you could do about it. You know, I don't dwell on the past or look what's coming in the future. I just try to focus on what's present and what watch the film and what can I do better, what can I get better at from, so I don't make those same mistakes later on in life, later on practice, later on in games, and I just hope to get to where I'm at now. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that. They always say, like, if you're if you're good at what you do, you're you're bound to have a bad game. Not everybody has a great game every game. You're bound to have a bad game or more, but just don't let the mistake spiral into two, three, four, five mistakes when it goes like don't let a bad game spiral into two, three, four, five bad games. And I think that's awesome. It kind of goes along with what you just said right there. You're able to battle through adversity. It's taught you that. Um, and you're able to utilize that. That's gonna be a skill set you'll leverage for the rest of your life. After fall's done one day, whatever that may be, it'll be 10 years down the road, who knows? But whenever that's done. That's a skill set you're gonna have because life's gonna slap you in the face sometimes. <laughs> you know yes, that like, you're gonna have to battle back through it and just be able to to focus. So I appreciate your time, CJ. Where can we follow you? Um, the listeners on here, where, where can we follow you so we can just see, you know, keep updated on your journey? Uh Instagram is CJ dot Montez, and that's M-O-N-T-E-S, and then dot twelve on Instagram, Twitter, CJ Montez 12, and that's pretty much all I'm active on. So Cool, cool. Okay, so your Instagram, your Twitter, we're going to put that here in the description of the podcast. So those who are listening, whether you're on YouTube or if you're on uh, the audio side, just check the description here on whatever device you're on. And you have the links to, to CJ's pages. We're looking forward to rooting for you, man. And uh, again, yes, I just appreciate you. your time and joining us, man. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, brother. Take care. Yes, sir. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.